I'm going to title this article, The Future of the World in 80 Years, Africa versus Europe. Um, this article was written by uh, International Man or Doug Casey. I would say Doug Casey, but the International Man interviewed him. Um, I got this article from ZeroHedge.com a couple of weeks ago. Um, I made a podcast about the article, but I didn't want to release the podcast because um, it was kind of personal to me at the time but i look back at it and i figured that i would redo the article and explain it in better terms um this is an article pretty much that is talking about um africa african migration out of europe i mean out of africa into europe so um let's get right into it um the international man interviews doug casey and the article goes like this um former libya leader muammar Gaddafi once warned that europe runs the risk of turning black from illegal immigration it could turn into africa since the united states and nato helped overthrow Gaddafi in 2011 millions of migrants from africa and the middle east have poured into europe many transitioned from libya so many of them came from libya this is this is all well known and all signs point to this trend accelerating what's your take on this what's your take on where this is going okay then it says, uh, Doug Casey, Doug, this is Doug Casey. Um, first, it's a pity Gaddafi was taken out. Another distresses U.S. policy decision. Not that he was a nice guy. No one running an artificially constructed nation state can be. But it was at least a stable situation. Now, let's go back to this BS article or this BS uh, uh, sentence. It says, another distresses U.S. policy decision. Not that he was a nice guy. No one running an artificially constructed nation state can be. Okay. There are a lot of artificially ran uh, constructed nation states. Uh, Spain is a artificially constructed nation state. Um, the UK, the UK, uh, the UK is an artificially constructed nation state. Nigeria is an artificially constructed nation state. The United States is a artificially constructed nation state. Okay. Australia is a artificially constructed nation state. Canada is a artificially constructed nation state as well. So I don't know where he's talking about. He wants to point out Libya as being some special case of an artificially constructed nation state. And when he says an artificially constructed nation state, that means basically like um, let's take the for example of Nigeria. The north part of Nigeria is a Muslim dominated and the south of Nigeria is Christian dominated. So basically you put two inorganic groups together and you formed a state named Nigeria. So you have two antagonistic groups inside of one state and you call it Nigeria. But when you go inside of the country, there's these groupings of people that really don't get along. And you can say that about a lot of different states. You can say that about Australia because the British came there and overthrew the um, people that was on the, uh, the continent. You can say the Scotland and all those different Ireland and all those different Northern Ireland and all those different parts of the UK that people are not united. Spain has Basque country. They have different regions in Spain that wants to break, break away Catalonia. And, and they speak about six different languages in Spain. That's artificially 
uh, constructed. Um, there's plenty of situations in the world like that. But let's go on to this article. I don't want to keep harping on uh, these these sentences. But it it but at least it was a stable situation. Now it's been replaced by a bloody and costly war, and it's complete chaos. Nice work, Hillary and Obama. But let's talk about Africa at large. Africa, or at least migration in and out of Africa, is going to be the epicenter of what's happening in the world for the rest of this century. Africa has gone from being just an empty space on the map in the 19th century to a bunch of backwater colonials in the 20th century, to a bunch of chaotic failed states that most people are only vaguely aware of today. That is a very disrespectful comment because people do know where Africa is and they know Africa is broken into 54 countries. See, they paint Africa as some type of country. They don't paint Asia as no country. You never say, oh, I'm going to Asia. No, most people say I'm going to China or I'm going to Thailand or I'm going to um, Indonesia or I'm going to Japan or I'm going to South Korea or I'm going to uh, Philippines. They don't say Asia because that's the same thing like Africa. Africa is just a continent. Asia is a continent. Okay, it's not a country. So I don't understand why they have always painted Africa as just some, you know, country. It is not a country. Okay, let's continue. Um, Africa has gone from being just an empty space on the map in the 19th century to a bunch of uh, backwater colonials in the 20th century to a bunch of chaotic failed states. People are okay. I already read that. Soon, however, it will be continuing front page news. This is because Chinese. This is because Chinese are moving to Africa in record numbers, while Africans are leaving as fast as they can. Now, most people from the Western world, the Western world is considered United States, Canada, and Europe. They always harp on the Chinese moving to Africa, and and it is. I was in Africa, uh, you know, several times um, this decade, and I did see there are a number of Chinese moving there. I lived in Angola in 2011, and I lived in Equatorial Guinea in 2013, and there are a large number of Chinese moving there, but they are coming to build things up, and that is something that you would entirely have to discuss with the local population but they are coming to Africa in numbers. Um, then the article goes on to say, what are what we're looking at is actually the biggest migration since the barbarian invasion of the Roman Empire. There will be tens of millions, scores of millions of Africans trying to get into Europe. I don't know how the Europeans will keep them out. I used to say Europe was going to be a petting zoo for the Chinese, but it may be more of a squatter camp for the Africans. Okay, now you see he says, I don't know how the Europeans will keep them out. I used to say Europe was going to be a petting zoo for the Chinese. If I'm not mistake, mistaken in the history, Europeans have all, all uh, they have all migrated also too. They migrated to the New World, to the, uh, you know, South America, North America. Um, they have um, invaded several countries and destroyed several countries along the way also. Um, but let's keep on. It says, what are we? Um, it says Africa is the only part of the world where the population is still growing and growing rapidly. Africa, South and Sahara was about 6% of the world population in the 50s. Now it's about 16%. But by the turn of the century, it's going to be 45%. Okay, that that's the problem. That Africa is growing and it's growing rapidly. And Europe is, I hate to say it, Europe is kind of like 
you know, the population is dying. So Europe has this old population and Africa has this very young population coming. So the future for Africa is very bright. Um, but he's not stating it right here. He's just basically saying it's going to be a problem because all of these new Africans that's being born are going to hear about is such great life up here in Europe. They need to come run here and, and, and be here. But it's interesting how he kind of couches this article. Um, it says, uh, in fact, if the West stops supporting the continent with capital and technology, it could be in for very rough times. And this sounds like an article from like 1995, but it actually was written in 2019. Wakanda, the country in Black Panther, doesn't exist. See, that's another jab. On the contrary, the continent is full of Gowanda lookalikes. Gowanda is where most of the action takes place in my novel written with John Hunt. It's the first of the seven in the High Ground series. I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, he's trying to make a joke that, you know, there's no country in Africa that's called Wakanda. Like, that is, you know, that's BS. But it, it's a joke. Okay, whatever. Few people realize how fast the population is growing. And things are changing in Africa. So all this negative talk he's talking about Africa, he turns around and say, says, few people realize how fast the population is growing. Remember, there's power in numbers. And that's the biggest fear of most people on the planet when you have population growth. Okay. I asked knowledgeable people what they think the biggest city in the world would be at the turn of the next century. So this is like 2100. Um. They all guess cities in China or India. He says, but that's not true. 80 years from now, Lagos, Nigeria will be the largest city in the world. Okay. 80 years from now, Lagos, Nigeria will be the largest, largest city in the world. It's on track to have a population of more than 90 million people. The world's second biggest city will be in Kinshasa. In, Cong in the Congo with about 80 million people and Dar es Salaam in Tanzania will be the world's third biggest city with a population of roughly 75 million people. So in 80 years, the top three cities in the world, the largest populations of cities, not countries, just cities will all be in Africa. OK, in 80 years time. It's quite amazing. That's what he said. It's quite amazing. All right, let's let's continue on. When I visited, he's talking about when he he visited Dar es Salaam in Tanzania in the 1980s. It was a quiet, exotic seaport with old tramp steamers in the harbor. Now all these people have cell phones. So now he's saying like all these, you know, all these Africans now they have cell phones, so they're looking on YouTube and they're you know they actually can look on the internet and see the rest of the world. They're not hidden from the world anymore they're not cut off and he says and they're well aware of the fact that the standards of living is vastly higher in europe in every other part of the world than in africa and they're well aware of the fact that there are welfare benefits of all type if they can get into europe there we go alarming there are hundreds of ngos encouraging africans to come across the mediterranean to europe that ngos are non-governmental organizations or for that matter flying them to the u.s then he, then he, here goes another jab 
exactly who paid the airfare and legal and living expenses for the 200,000 penniless Somalians who were transplanted to Minnesota. You know, what, what, what does he have against the Somalians? I don't know. It says it's a growing tidal wave with the European population diminishing. See, this is what people don't read. And this is why, they, you know, they always joke. If you want to hide something from a black person, you put it in a book. Listen to how these people talk. Listen to how this is, is this this is going. It's a growing tidal wave, with the European population this uh diminishing. Diminishing means like it is falling, and the African population growing. You're going to see Europe basically taken over by Africa in the next several generations. Oh, okay. Let's go to the next question. He says, what we don't hear as much about is the mass migration of Chinese to Africa that's taking place. Now he's talking about the migration of Chinese into the African continent because remember the Africans are leaving so the Chinese are coming. And Dale Casey says, we're seeing a vertical recolonization of Africa. Whoa. So now the Chinese are colonizing Africa. Each time I visit Africa, there are more Chinese. It doesn't matter which country, they're everywhere. Rich Chinese are smart to diversify to develop Western countries. So he's saying like the rich Chinese, they come to UK, they go to France and they go to Canada and you, the uh, United States. But the poor Chinese, they go to the backward countries to try to become wealthy. Hmm. And it says Africa is the prime recipient. It's supposed to be official Chinese policy to migrate about 300 million Chinese to Africa in the years to come. They're employed in building roads, railroads, ports, mines, and other infrastructure. It's practically driven by their Belt and Road Initiative. So just because the Chinese are coming to Africa in numbers and building up, you know, this is like some type of Chinese migration policy by the government and not just helping to develop countries hmm. the chinese are lending billions to african governments african governments are by an order of magnitude the most corrupt in the world and the people who run these african governments are being well compensated for making deals with the chinese there goes more alarmist language in effect selling out their countrymen all these governments are full of people trying to be Mr. 10%. Now, I just read an article the other day where the Tanzanian president canceled a port contract. Some uh, uh, Chinese corporation, they wanted to build a brand new seaport in Tanzania and they wanted like a 99 year lease on the land and they wanted to basically um, uh, shut out the government from developing that port and so he canceled that contract he said it wasn't um in the african's interest to have that port but remember in this article every government is being compensated for making deals you know and in effect they're selling out their countrymen and i also read that a, a senegal uh, contract about a port was canceled so i think africans are waking up to the fact that no nah, we don't want you guys to be coming in here um, just, you know, having your way. You're going to, you know, make win-win deals or you're going to have to go back home. And then it says the worst case for them is to retire as centimillionaires. I never even heard that word before, but he's talking about the worst case for the African politicians is that they retire millionaires 
to live off the hog, the high hog, uh, in France and in Switzerland. So they're so they got nothing to lose. Basically, they they have nothing to lose to sell out um, Africa to the Chinese, and it's 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 a fairly unstoppable trend at this point. And it says, he says, regardless of how much is stolen, however. I expect the Chinese are going to want their money they loan to the Africans back with interest. So he says, like, Chinese are, are loaning Africans billions of dollars, and the Africans are just going to go steal it and go live in France and, you know, splurge off of this money. And it says, if bribing or intimidating political leaders prove ineffective in getting it back, he's talking about the money, it's possible that they'll put soldiers on the ground they'll they could send they could not they will they could send in the people's liberation army pla to defend their assets or send in assassins to take out reluctant real uh real contracted african politicians i guess real contract real contract african politicians would mean like stubborn african leaders ah. i would be I wouldn't be surprised to find the PLA in Africa in the years to come, physically collecting on those debts. And to make it easier for them, they're going to be greeted by lots of Chinese already there. It says, it will be interesting to see what happens when a couple of hundred million Chinese are living with a radically expanded native African population. If the Africans were unhappy with European colonization, I think they're going to be very, very unhappy with the Chinese colonization. The Chinese would not be inclusive and the peace and PC politically correct like the today's Westerners. It has to be it has a making of the race war a generation or so in the future. Okay. Now it says what about Africans you know uh, the next question goes on to say uh, what what is the interest in Chinese? You know, how does the Chinese see African people? And it says, uh, Doug Casey goes on to say, it's important to remember that Africa doesn't produce anything besides raw materials and people. There goes another jab. Let's read that one again. It's important to remember. He said, it is important to remember that Africa doesn't produce anything besides raw material. Oh, raw materials. He's trying to say like raw materials are not needed. The cobalt from the Congo, the oil from Angola, the oil from Libya, the diamonds from South Africa, the platinum from South Africa, the titanium from Zimbabwe, okay, the coffee from Ethiopia, the shrimp and the, the, the seafood from Somalia and these other different, oh, that's nothing, you know, it, Africa doesn't produce anything, it doesn't produce anything besides raw materials and raw and resources. Basically, that's what raw materials are, are resources and people. There's close to zero manufacturing. I wonder why there's close to zero uh, manufacturing in Africa. Like 1% of the world's total, that's what he says, in sub-Saharan Africa. When you say sub-Saharan Africa, you read that as black Africa, okay? You have North Africa, and they break Africa down in two regions. Sub-Sahara, Sub-Sahara is below the Saharan Desert, and below the Saharan Desert are mostly black countries, okay? And it says, and almost all of that is in South Africa. Oh, wow. You know, South Africa has a very big European population, so most of the production in Africa is in South Africa. Wow, we forgot about that. The Chinese see Africa as no more than a cheap and disposable labor source. Now, 
the Chinese sees Africa as no more than a cheap and dispensable labor source. How about the Europeans? How do you think they see Africa? You think they see Africa as more than a cheap and dispensable labor source? They only see Africa as a place where you can extract raw materials, which is resources. That's at best. Other than that, they view as a complete nuisance, basically an obstacle, a cost standing in the way of e efficient use of resources of the continent itself. Ah, there you go. Then it says, what do you what do the Chinese people think of Africans? They don't hold them in high regard. Oh, really? So everybody else does. And it says, of course, you've got to remember that China has viewed itself as the center of the world since day one. Oh, really? It sounds like somebody. And it says they are. They see all non-Han people as barbarians, as inferiors. Oh, really? And then he says, that was absolutely true when the British sent an ambassador, McCartney, to open relations at the end of the 18th century. He was treated with borderline contempt, pretty much the way Europeans and Americans have treated primitive people since the days of Columbus. Hmm. Anyway, this is like a divide. This is the dot divide and conquer. And this is pitting the Chinese against the Africans. It says, it's actually the normal human attitude when an advanced culture encounters a backward culture. Then he goes on to say, like, he talks about the Chinese not seeing the Africans as anything but, you know, an, an obstacle in the way. But then he goes down in the last article, he says, it's actually the normal human attitude when an advanced culture encounters a backward culture. The Chinese see their culture as superior to even that of the West. The West means Europe, United States, Canada, and believe probably correctly that they'll soon be economic, economically and technologically superior as well. All right. Now, this is the last, this is coming towards the end. It says, uh, if Africa comes to dominate, this is the international man, Axon Doug Casey. If China comes to dominate Africa and its resources, what does that mean for them, for its rivalry with the United States? And then Doug Casey, he just spills the beans. I guess he's, he's, he's pissed off at the U.S. government. He says, well, the U.S. government is basically bankrupt. The only thing that the U.S. exports in quantity is U.S. dollars and some and sometime soon the Chinese, the Russians, the Malaysians, the Iranians and the Indians, among others, won't need or want U.S. dollars. They don't want to accept them now because it's an, it's an, an asset of their adversary or even their enemy. They're unhappy about having to settle their accounts in dollars. That's all they have to clear through New York. So they're going to come up with their own alternative. And I suspect that they're going to use gold. Why? Because they don't trust each other's paper currency. And why should they? And it says, how the how the United States going to react? It's going to be left out in the cold. He's talking about getting resources from Africa. No one other. It says no one needs or wants their dollars. They don't need. They want and need real goods, not paper obligations of a hostile, unpredictable, bankrupt government. He's basically saying, like, that's the United States. They're, they're hostile, unpredictable, and they're bankrupt. Also, the U.S. isn't in a position to export people, except from some unwelcome soldiers. The Chinese are in an excellent position to export a couple of hundred million spare people. The bottom line is that the Chinese are going to take over Africa financially, and they're going to take it over demographically as well. See, that's the problem. Most European people 
they don't like the fact that China is going into Africa. So this is like more of a Chinese propaganda article than anything. And then now it says, what kind of speculative opportunities do you think this trend will create? Now, this same guy, now he's about to talk about how you can make money from this backward, you know, uh, what he called it, failed states, and, uh, you know, they can't feed uh, any poor, you know, they can't feed the billions of people they're going to create, and, oh, you know, African migration to Europe is going to be the biggest since the barbarians from, you know, the Roman Empire. Now, check this out. This is why I tell you the world is a big fucking joke. Listen to this. What kind of speculative opportunities do you think this trend will create? Here, here goes Doug Casey. This is Doug Casey. Check this out. <laughs> the same guy that's talking through the whole article. This is what he says. Well, I've often said that if I was 30 years old today and wanted to make my fortune, I would definitely go to Africa. Let's read that over again. Well, I often said that if I were 30 years old today, and wanted to make my fortune, I would definitely go to Africa. Let that sink in for a second. The reason for that is you don't want to be on a level playing field. So he already thinks that he's above and superior. Remember, superior cultures look at backward cultures uh, bad. You want to be on a field tilted in your direction as much as possible. If a young Westerner, he's not even talking about black Americans in this. He's just talking about young white guys. If a young white guy goes to Africa and travels around, he'll find it quite easy to move with the top levels of society because he's unusual and people are interested in things that are unusual. The fact that you're a Westerner means that you've probably associated with people who have much more money much more sophistication and much more knowledge than any of the locals do you have unique advantages in africa if a young westerner stays at home however he has no marginal advantage so he's basically saying like if this same 30 year old westerner guy stays in the united states he doesn't have you know the same advantages if he if he goes to some place like Africa, which he, he would be superior to the local people. Basically, um, it's very hard to vault. It's very uh, hard to vault. Vault meaning like uh, is is to 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 get up to step yourself up in in the top of a Western society, because there are tens of millions of people just like you with the same education background and abilities. But in Africa, you're automatically on the top of the heap. Hmm. And you're noticeable. Hmm. So it's a great place to go for entrepreneurial reasons. Oh, really? Wow. And it says at the same time, I don't think Africa is a place to invest unless you got the PLA standing behind you. So he said at the same time, I don't think Africa is a place unless you have the Chinese behind you. It's a place for a hit and run type of entrepreneurialism or perhaps political entrepreneurialism. So he said, it's a hit and run type of, of business. You know, you go there, you know, you make some money and you get the hell up out of there. Or you go and you, um, or, or you line some politician pocket and um, you, you do political entrepreneurialism. And it says, as, cor as corrupt as Africa is, 
the the way almost everybody makes money is by getting hooked up with the government and that's possible to do oh he said that's possible to do you could go to any number of african countries and hang out there for a month and be sitting down with the president oh, okay so you just go fly in africa you hang out for a month and you fucking uh snake your way into sitting down with the president and it says, uh, that's not going to happen if you try to do the same thing in North America or Europe or for that fact, matter of fact, even South America or Asia. So, you you know, you can't just fly into, uh, you know, France and hang out and, 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 and visit and, and have a meeting with the president. But, you know, you can go to, you know, uh, uh, Ghana. I can just fly into Ghana and just hang out and uh, find myself into the president's office. Hell no. Maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but not today. He says, if you're 30 years old and looking, I don't know why you got to be 30 years old. Why can't you be 50 or 20 or 35 or 45? You have to be 30. If you were 30 years old and looking for an opportunity in Africa, what comes in particular? Would you be the, uh, where would you, you know, be most interested? He said, well, I wouldn't jump off the deep end at first. Don't go to a place like Nigeria to start, nor is South Africa idea for this purpose. It's too developed. Oh, I thought Africa wasn't developed. And there are too many people of European descent. He said, oh, man, no, nah, nah, I can't go there. See, he, see who he, listen, listen to he, what he's, ta uh, who he is talking to. Now, you can read, but there is a search thing as reading. He says, it's too developed and there are too many people of European descent. He's talking about in South Africa. So you can't go. I can't go to South Africa because there are already enough white people there, although that's changing. And then the next sentence, he says, white people are making what the Rhodesians, Rhodesians are the old people from Zimbabwe. That's what uh, Zimbabwe was called Rhodesia before. He's even using Rhodesians called the chicken run. And for the same reason, there's too much anti-white racism in South Africa. And besides, the economy is going into reverse. So, yeah, we can't go to South Africa because the economy is, uh, you know, contracting. He said, I would go to a country like Namibia, which is large, empty, and pretty mellow. I would definitely look at Mozambique or Mauritania, a, hu a huge country where nobody goes. He says, Sayatom and Principe, an obscured island country off the coast of West Africa. If you're adventurous, the Central African Republic, which is probably the most backward country in Africa. So this is um, a hogwash of an article um, from an exploiter. And, and this is how people that are very exploitive, they think in terms of that, you know, in one, in the first paragraph of the article, he talks about, oh, Africans are moving out and the Chinese are moving in and, oh, how are the Europeans, how would they keep these Africans out and, oh, they come from these failed states and, man, they won't have enough, you know, they can't, um, they can't feed their people. And then at the end of the article, he's talking about going to the country. He's talking about going to several countries in Africa, hanging out in those countries and meeting the fucking president of the country or to basically take advantage of um, opportunities by paying politicians. So he's talking about the Chinese that's going there and they're looking at the country or they're looking at Africa and these African countries in another way. And he's going right behind them and doing the same thing because he's some Westerner guy from the United States or he's some guy from Europe. And, oh, he's going to be so different in these countries. And see, this is why I tell people you can play the game 
or the game can get played on you. Uh, so I, I what, what my um uh, thing and the reason why I did this podcast is just to show people that these this is what's going on and this has always went on. They have always told us that Africa is some place that people were poor and it's chaotic and it's nothing, but they go right behind it and they know what's there. They know where the resources are. They know where this is at. And that's what that's what has happened to Africa for the last hundred or two hundred years. People have down talked this place. They have said this place has nothing to offer. But they the same people go there and they mine everything out of the country. They take all the gold. They take all of the resources out of it. They take all the titanium, all the cobalt, all the natural gas, all of the phosphates, all of the animals, all, everything they can get their hand on. They even took the people out. And they tell you that it's shit. But if they could go there and build the place up, they would move there. And so I would tell every African to go get educated or get educated and go back to build your country up, build your infrastructure, build these things up, build institutions, okay? Try to, um, you know, kill this corruption that's going on because Africa will be the center of the world in 80 years. It's inevitable. inevitable. Uh, I just read an article that the European population is, uh, you know, going down and African population is going up, okay? And we're talking about by millions, by by the millions okay why you have a uh, europe is getting old and africa is getting young and by the 2050 i think africa's uh, population will be like the world's youngest labor market or the world's youngest uh working population so this place is going to explode okay this is the future of the world you like it or not if you like it i'm i'm, I'm reading the article i didn't read the article i'm just breaking it down so you can not like me or you can hate me. You can do what you want to do. But I'm going to give you this information. This has been the Global Connect Podcast. Peace.